You're listening to the Table Church Podcast. The Table is a community in Orville, California that aims to follow Jesus by doing what he did. Love God, love our neighbors, and serve those in need. Find us at thetablechurch.net, Instagram, or Facebook. And now for the message. We are in three weeks into a, a series called Stand Firm. We're going through a book uh, called First Peter. It was a letter written by the Apostle Peter. Maybe you know of the story. Peter's the one who gets to walk on water with Jesus. And he's very bold and brash when he's with Jesus. And he was kind of a chicken when he was away from Jesus. But after Jesus is ascended and the Holy Spirit comes, he becomes a key figure in the church, leading the church uh, through the early days. And here he is at the end of his life, this Apostle Peter, and he's writing a letter uh, to his churches. He's older. He's in charge of a church. He's getting ready to pass away. He knows his time is coming. In fact, church tradition tells us that his wife has already been martyred for the faith. And so he's passing on wisdom to a church that is scattered that is experiencing persecution, that is, that is not in an ideal place. He calls them the chosen exiles, and it really holds that tension of they are God's chosen, beloved children, and yet they are experiencing hardship in the world. This whole letter is about why we're experiencing hardship and how we should face it. So he's writing to his church, and he's letting them know all about how to face this. Today's passage comes from 1 Peter Chapter 2, verses 19 and through 25. I'm going to read it up front, and then I have three points, and we'll be on our way. It says, Now it is commendable if, because of one's understanding of God, someone should endure pain through suffering unjustly. But what praise comes from enduring patiently when you have sinned? But if you endure steadfastly when you've done good and suffer for it, this is commendable before God. So already we're talking about suffering, hard passage, but I think uh, maybe we can relate a little bit. You were called to this kind of endurance, Peter writes, because Jesus Christ suffered on your behalf. He left you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin, nor did he ever speak in ways meant to deceive. When he was insulted, he did not reply with insults, and when he suffered, he did not threaten revenge. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He carried in his own body on the cross the sins we committed. He did this so that we might live in righteousness, having nothing to do with sin. By his wounds you were healed. Though you were were like sheep straying, you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your lives." Big passage, again, talking about suffering, which is always a hard passage, probably the only church in California talking about suffering this morning, but this is the passage that's being read all over the world in churches. I did not pick this. This is part of our calendar, and I think it has a lot to speak to our situation. You know how I preach, head, heart, hands, something for us to know, feel, and do, Um, and so the first point I want to pull out of this with our head is this. When suffering comes, the best way out of it is through it. The best way out is through. In our culture, oh, well, he says this, because of one's understanding, what does God want us to know? He's talking about understanding right here. If you endure steadfastly when you've done good and suffer for it, this is commendable before God. Your understanding, he wants you to understand that you need to endure steadfastly when suffering comes. The problem is, <laughs> I think a lot of us uh, hate or would agree with the statement, I hate pain. I hate pain. I hate pain. 
I try to avoid pain as much as possible. I've confessed many times at church that one of the reasons that I don't skateboard is because I hate <laughs> pain. Everyone tells me if you want to learn to skateboard, you have to embrace the pain. But I don't think I hate pain captures enough of what we're talking about here. I don't think we hate pain. I think we hate seemingly purposeless pain. If pain has a purpose, you're willing to endure so much, a ton. Uh, some of the things I'm thinking about, my friends who do CrossFit, they love it. It's a community. It gets them in shape. Uh, I saw Santos was opening later uh, this week. If you're a part of that community, shout out to Santos. People love this. It's painful, but they embrace it. Marathons, I don't know if, you, I don't know if people know who run marathons, but they don't have to, right? I don't, I, I'm not a big marathon runner, as you could tell. Um, I imagine by mile three, that's not true. For me, <laughs> by mile point five, there's a lot of pain involved. But for these folks, there's the sense of accomplishment. They're seeing their training come through, and usually marathons are centered around a good cause. There's purpose to the pain, and so they endure it. Childbirth. So, I mean, my, my beloved wife has have given us three kids, and uh, from my vantage point, it looked very painful, and yet... Yeah, I heard that hurts. Yet two and three came, you know what I mean? There's a purpose to the pain when you hold that child for the first time. I mean, it's, it's amazing, especially when you didn't have to go through the pain. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, sobriety. My, f- my friends and family and, and people in our church who are uh, pushing forward into sobriety, into getting clean and clear from addictions, painful. But there's a purpose to it, and so we can endure there is a purpose to skateboarding too, believe it or not. Some mm. people actually mm. Okay, never <laughs> just, mind. Never mind. To look cool? That's the only reason I would do it. Um uh, we spend so much time trying to avoid, get around, uh, uh get away from or going around the hard stuff in our culture. In fact, there's a lot of companies that will sell you a lot of products to try to help you avoid pain and suffering. Peter wants us to know that it's the going through the suffering that causes us to grow in endurance, to grow in strength, and allows us to experience God's grace in more tangible ways. His, his words are, this is uh, commendable before God. The word commendable there is charis, which is the word grace. When we endure, and long-suffering is the old word, we, uh, have tan- we, we get to experience God's grace in more tangible ways. So here's my question for the panel. What purposefully, maybe a little bit lighthearted, what purposefully painful things do you enjoy? It might be painful, but it has a purpose to it. I'm going to go with running. And I don't know that it's necessarily enjoy. And I'm going to dote on myself a little bit here because... I actually hate running. I don't don't enjoy it at all in and of itself. Um, In eighth grade... (laughs) <laughs> I was on a track team and the uh, the track coach said, basically, we just need somebody to be in this race, in the 880. That's all. We, do, we don't need you to finish first, last. Well, we need you to finish. That's all, basically. <laughs> because if you run this, we will have enough points to get us to, to first place. Okay. This, this is just my just first. Participating. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just participating. Just participate. I hated every single moment of that. <laughs> I finished in our team one because we had enough points and I probably brought in like three. I don't even know. Whatever. Mm. So that's where my hate for run came from. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was where it was felt. But um, then I started playing soccer. I love soccer. I run so much when Beast I play soccer. Mode. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
Um, and I will run miles, 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 miles because there's a purpose because I right. have to chase this soccer ball and score goals and all this stuff. So I love hate running. Yeah. I enjoy it yeah. when it's for a purpose, when it's for when it's for soccer. But I do not enjoy it when I'm just chasing these other really very much faster than me people <laughs> around a track. Um, but I'm trying to step out of it. I'm trying to enjoy it a little more. Uh, and the reason I said I was going to do it on myself a little bit is I set a goal last month okay. uh, for the mon- month of March with my sister, uh, Brittany, to run um, a virtual half marathon. And we completed it. So the Dark Side Disney Run Marathon, Brittany and I completed wow. last month, which just meant that I ran, walked, jogged, something, moved. In a forward direction, 13.1 miles last wow. month. And so I'm super proud of that. And I'm super proud of my sister yeah. for doing that with me. That's probably more miles than I've ever ran in my life <laughs> total. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Anybody else got any purposefully pain th- pain things they enjoy? I guess I'll go. Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay. Um, th- this was a hard question for me. And I, I actually asked it out loud um, with Andy. And... He told me, well, I love starvation. Mm. I don't know if that's weird, but um, I start doing it for fasting. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I, I love the feeling that um, I'm hungry, that yeah. there's going to be a food on the end of my suffering. Yeah. And so um, I don't do any specific diet, yeah. but after... Um, I haven't eaten for like 16 hours, then I eat without any feeling bad about yeah. it. And so I, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, yeah, but yeah, that's, I that's, that. I like to do that. You started a spiritual discipline and it yeah. turns out you found something that you enjoy. There's a purposefully uh, painful thing y- there. Yeah. Fasting yeah. is a perfect example, right? Of perf- purposely. I, I, as you can tell, I should do that more. Uh, we have a couple of comments. First of all, I played soccer with Miranda. Let me tell you, she was a beast. And because I hate running for any context, <laughs> I was the goalie. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, brick wall. <laughs> that's <Matt>. right. Uh, uh, Bell's sister Jelly says to heal the wound, you got to feel the wound. Ooh. And I know James is going to steal that because he loves a catchphrase. <laughs> Uh, my dad is kind of uh, Michael Manera is my dad. If you didn't know, and he's talking. He's suffered a lot uh, recently. And uh, he says, I have learned that God is more concerned about how we react to our trials because he knows we will go through the trials. And so his isn't purposeful uh, pain. You know, he's not going through that on purpose, but he is learning a lot. So it can it can have purpose um, in the pain Uh, for me. I so I didn't grow up doing a lot of yard work because of my allergies. I would just sneeze and hack and cough. But because of everything that's going on, we ended up having some N95 masks and our house needed to get mowed. And I I was like, well, I'll try it. Put one on. No problems at all. And so for me recently, it's been lawn work. I've just been loving it because it's like there's so much cloudiness and amorphousness to uh, being a music teacher online right now it doesn't feel like a lot is getting like it's hard to feel like stuff is getting done i of course loving seeing all the videos the kids send in of them singing and i I, it's wonderful but it's not like being with them and so when i can go out and mow the lawn i see i mowed the lawn and now it's cut and something happened Mm -hmm. you know and so for right now i've been purposefully uh painfully enjoying mowing because it's not easy but uh feels good when it's done we're watching your metamorphosis into a dad. 
Just loving that long Entering dad mode. <laughs> entering dad mode. Anybody likes... Unofficially. I'm not a spicy guy, but I think some people like spice for this reason. They like... There's a purpose to that pain of spice, spicy foods. Oh, yeah. Miranda and I over here, don't do it. Oh, I love a jalapeno. <laughs> Uh, actually, before this, y'all, we talked a lot about exercise, but before the, the closing down, I went to the gym every day in January and February, and I was really learning to enjoy that. Um, and then now I, I'm eating cereal again, and we're having a, <laughs> and that is much more enjoyable, but less painful. Um, but there's purposeful pain. And really, the end point of this is that I think it's not that we want to avoid pain all the time, even though many of us try. Uh, I think the idea of it is that purposeless pain is really hard for us to understand. We just don't get it. And so uh, we, we either try to avoid that or we add a bunch of reasons to try to make sense of the pain or we try to blame folks. Uh, if we can find someone to blame or something to blame, that adds a little bit of purpose to the pain. But at the end of the day, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, purposeful pain and how Jesus can add purpose to your pain and suffering in a way that helps us grow and uh, grow closer to him and to one another. I also wanted to add a point of clarity before we move on. We're talking about pain. We're talking about suffering. We're talking about enduring. And, and what I'm not talking about here is abusive situations. We are in no way asking anyone to endure abusive situations. If someone is intentionally harming you over long periods of time, you need to remove yourself from that situation Either get in contact with authorities, or if we can help as your pastors, please let us know. We would be happy to do whatever we can. It's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about things that are oftentimes outside of our control um, that we try to spend a lot of time, energy, money avoiding. But at the end of the day, Peter's encouraging us to embrace. What is Peter talking about with our heart, feeling, experiencing? What does he want us to experience in this passage? By his wounds, you were healed. Go with me on this journey. But here's what I'm seeing in this passage. Uh, Jesus was punished unjustly, without cause, reason. If anyone was punished unjustly, if anyone suffered according to the world for no reason, right, uh, it was Jesus, the, a perfect human being, suffering one of the most excruciating, humiliating deaths that you could experience in the first century. And he was innocent. And yet, there's purpose for his pain. And Peter tells us the purpose for his pain was for our healing. It says in this passage, he carried in his body on the cross the sins that we committed. He did this so that we might live in righteousness, having nothing to do with sin. By his wounds we were healed. And though you were like straying sheep, you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your soul. Because you are healed, you don't have to enter into the sinful ways of the world anymore. You don't have to deal with the games and the ways that they play to try to avoid pain or get around pain or justify their pain. They struggle, strive, hurt, cause pain, blame one another to justify themselves and to try to avoid pain and suffering. They think that if they are the ones handing out the pain and suffering, then they won't receive as much and they get into these sinful cycles that causes division and hurt. But Jesus wants you to know that you are healed. From all that, from the sin, from the cycles, from the systems, from the worldly ways of dealing with pain and suffering, you are becoming whole in Christ. Like straying sheep, you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Amen. And here's my question for us. And it's not a question, it's a command, I guess. Give a testimony to a place in your life that you have felt God healed you when you came to Jesus. Bonus points if 
there's some healing that's going on right now that you, you want to be vulnerable about. Vulnerable about. Who's first? Well, for me right now, the healing that I'm receiving um, is through, uh, well, it's really through my dad's pain. <laughs> and uh, just over the weekend, it was, it was really scary um, just going, having to go to the hospital. Um, he's in the middle of chemo treatments, and um, he had an infection, and so he had to go to the hospital. And, of course, right now it's like really, you know, don't want to have to um, – deal with that. And so it's really scary. So the healing the, the, that I feel like Jesus is giving me right now is that I have to trust him in all things. Um, number one, I have to trust him in all things. Uh, and then the other part of that, though, is that I can let my... I, I, and so, as always, I pray for his will, whatever his will is, because I know, um, you know, I've been there. I, I've been without him. And so I want a life with him. And so whatever his will is, uh, be it done. But I'm also learning that I can pray my will persistently. I don't have to give up on letting him know what I want because he wants to hear from his people. Um, uh, and that passage that you shared with, uh, uh, with me about Jesus, just talking um, about how how, you know, somebody that seeks justice, see, following the judge around, right? And um, so I've just kind of been doing that. I don't, I'm not sure the reference on that. but Luke 18. You, Luke 18, there you go. Um, and so I've just been really persistently praying, God, uh, I, your will be done. But my will is that my dad makes it through this and he doesn't get COVID and, you know, all the things. And so my healing is right now coming through just trusting him more, um, uh, through the pain of not wanting to lose someone dear to me, um, that his will be done. But I, I want to be persistent in prayer and just uh, be Great. faithful and letting him know yeah. my desires. Yeah. And if they're good desire, like not losing a loved one is a desire that is normally good, <laughs> good right? Yeah. So um, that's kind of where I'm experiencing healing right now in these in these times. Thanks, man. Thanks for sharing. Um, I think, uh, my marriage, um, if you were here and last week, the week before, I can't even remember, but I, I told you about a time where, uh, Jeff and I were really struggling. We had just had a child. He lost his job. We lost our home. It was, um, it was a season in our life of a lot of turmoil. Um, a lot of things that I was completely out of control in. Um, and I, and I, and I came to Jesus and I laid it down. Um, and I, sought counsel from other Christian leaders. Um, and it was in that he saved my marriage and it was really hard. Um, because you know, I'm not going to share my husband's testimony. It's for him to share, but he walked through a period of time in his life that made him want to turn his back on the church through, through childhood, you know, whatever. Um, and, so it was hard because I wanted to come to Jesus and I knew what the answer was, but also being married to somebody who was definitely like, I don't, that's not for me. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and so again, it just was, it was a very much a, a t 
time of trial. I want to say that coming to Jesus kind of like healed it all and healed it quickly, but it did not heal it all very quickly. Um, it took a lot of time, and I'm so thankful to be on the other side of that, so to speak, and that um, we're active members of this church, and he is thriving in a life where Jesus is at the center and the cornerstone of it. So yeah, I am so grateful, but... Um, yeah, it, it was, was hard. Through. It was hard, and it was through, um, <laughs> and we learned a lot about each other, and I'm just so grateful for him. Thanks Amen for on that one, Amen. Miranda. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually in the same boat. That That's what I was going to share, too, is my marriage. Um, for me, it's the that part where, where I felt like um, God healed, me, healed us is um, around 2018, it's uh, before that 2010 my sister passed away and um one of my sister passed away and uh, it was very painful it was really confusing so i was angry i was angry at god and then um and then years passed by and i my anger is starting to go away and although i'm angry at god i'm still talking with him and i still know like he's there but you know why so then i saw my kids they're growing up without God. And then I, th I feel like it's just the right time because at the same time, our Indian, my husband and I's um, re relationship is falling apart, but our goal financially is falling into places. But our relationship with each other yeah. is falling apart. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, something is missing with my kids with myself having five kids having school my husband's job change of career something's missing but at the same time i feel like jesus is calling me back it's time mm -hmm. you know he didn't forget me but it's yeah. just time that i'm here yeah it's up to me to come back yeah. so um so i met i met james and um and, and my husband knows almost everyone. And so <laughs> he willingly came to me when I told him, you know, I want to go back to church. I want our kids to have faith, um, to, to know the faith that I have. Yeah. And then he agreed. And then, and then he read the Bible and yeah. he went to the sermon and he understood what I'm asking him. Yeah. But our relationship's still not going forward. So when we hit rock bottom 2018, I feel like God said, you know, put me into the center of your relationship. Yeah. And and we did. Yeah. And so we went to counseling yeah. and, and I surrendered it all and he surrendered it all. And, yeah. and it's a working process. It's not a one night thing. It was yeah. years. It was, it was <laughs> weekly, sometimes twice a week counseling. Yeah. But it's it's something that we did it with all our heart and yeah. all, all our mind and, and with an intention. I think, and and so um, we're still a working process, yeah. but I feel like if if Jesus is not there with you know without yeah. the guidance that we had from Him, without yeah. surrendering it all, I, I feel like it would have not worked. Yeah. And um, for the bonus question, yeah. um, that one I'm still working on, <laughs> and that one I feel like my parenting, because yeah. my parenting is affected a lot by my experience growing up, yeah. and so that one I'm still praying that God. Let me yeah. do your will and not my will. Yeah. And it's hard. I know my kids having hard time, <laughs> but um, you know, be be patient. Yeah, I'm patient. I love that. Oh, thank you. Amen. Do you know what? Wow. I love so much about your story. Is this 
And I think it's just important to point out and let everyone else know out there is like, you went through a period of being angry. And I think it's a good reminder, especially right now, that like, God is big enough for our anger. He's Amen. big enough for our frustration. And like Matt was touching on earlier, we, we need to be we need to be praying. We need to be in community, and it, and it is a direct relationship. And cast those worries, cast those cares, cast that anger on him. He's big enough for it. And and especially right now is a time of all of that. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Amen, amen. A couple of Facebook. Um, it, it, I love how vulnerable of a community we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we were we were talking on Wednesday night with Bonnie uh, during our devotional time of just like, man, we are real. And uh, there's no fa- we're not putting up faces around here. This is us. And so I love that we can do that even digitally, too. Like um, Joanne says, uh, she says, kind of like Matt, when my uh, this is Joanne, Jobel's sister. And so they're talking about the same sister who passed away. When my youngest sister was diagnosed with cancer, I took comfort in believing in Jesus's plan for us. Amen. There's. Amen. You know, yeah. There's yeah. there's a plan. Uh, Stephanie says I have been leaning on God through some health issues that have changed my life, and He has been showing me that in my weakness, He is my strength. Amen. I am finding ways to heal the things in my life that I do have control over, my l- relationship with myself and with my children. On the top of that list, Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us, Stephanie. Uh, for me, this question. Um, we, I've talked about it at church multiple times. I'm going to counseling, have been going to counseling for a while. And uh, one thing you need to know about me is I'm an excellent coper, which means I don't often go through the pain. I uh, try to distract myself from it. Um, and I've done that in a myriad of different ways. And one thing I'm getting healed from is that I'm starting to look at and touch the sadness and the anger and the stuff that's going on inside of me instead of just trying to distract myself from it. And that's been a journey for me that I'm walking through as well. So... We're all kind of figuring our way through it, not trying to go around it, and um, all with Jesus' help. Is there something about COVID right now that's that's helping you do that? Or I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm just wondering if it's if it's COVID. Like, what, is it the season we're going through right now, or do you just were you feeling that before? Oh. Or yeah, that was going on before. You know, I think with Joe Bell, what's going on right now is with Joe Bell, I'm home with my kids quite often. And so I'm trying to uh, figure out my parenting and figure out how much grace I can have and also how many boundaries I can hold and how much discipline I need to dole out. And for each different kid, since they're all different, you know, I can't take the same approach. And so parenting is at the forefront of my life right now. Bless you, uh, parents, man. <laughs> Bless you guys. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take it. Moving on with our hands, what does Peter want us to do uh, with our hands? Uh, he, he says, if we follow Jesus, we have to fight like Jesus. If we're going to be followers of Jesus, we need to fight like Jesus, act like Jesus, walk like Jesus. Here's what he says. He left you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin, nor did he speak in ways that meant to deceive. He, when he was insulted, he did not reply with insults. When he suffered, he did not threaten revenge. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. Our culture values the exact opposite of what Jesus did. We like the quick wit that tears people down. We like the strong person that can beat anyone up. We like the smooth talkers who can get out of any situation or sell anything. And I know I struggle with all of these. Amen. Uh, you do. No, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying amen because I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, 
There's sometimes where I want to use sarcasm and witty insults. In fact, that's what I leaned on like heavily. Yeah. <laughs> I leaned on that heavily at a period of my time where if I could just cut some folks down, I, you know, I'd be kind of mentally the sharp one in the room. But even now, like I'm kind of a bigger guy. Sometimes I want to puff myself up in situations. I just want people to think that I can beat them up sometimes. And maybe that will just like resolve all the tension and situation. There'll be no more pain. It's like a bird. Just get bigger. <laughs> I know this is like first world problems, but a guy cut us in line at Taco Bell last night, and I was like, I just need that guy to know that if it came to fisticuffs, um, I let him go. My dad talked me off the ledge. Appreciate him. Or sometimes deception. Honestly, like I don't know about you, and I'm being vulnerable here, but sometimes, if I can be real, sometimes a well-placed lie feels like it could just get us out of all kinds of pain and suffering and situations, and I feel that temptation. Just, Just if I could just... It won't hurt anybody. I'll just avoid a situation. And so I, I struggle with all of these. And, and Peter tells us that Jesus, he, he did the opposite of all of those. Oh, come on, baby slides. He left you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. Jesus was the opposite. When he was insulted, he didn't return insults. When he suffered, he didn't uh, threaten revenge. He, he had no deception in his mouth. He entrusted himself to the just judge of the whole universe, and Peter wants us to do the same thing, that Jesus gives us this example, that we might follow in his footsteps. Growing in the strength of the Lord isn't about getting witty enough or buff enough or deceptive enough to avoid suffering. Getting strong in the Lord is about letting Jesus add purpose to our pain, that by our non-defensive posture and his, his healing, he might add a purpose to the pain that allows us to grow to endure, to experience more of his grace. So my question for us, and the last question, uh, who are you thinking about right now who fights like Jesus, who doesn't add insult to insult, who doesn't threaten revenge, who doesn't use deception, who fights like Jesus in your life? So I think, for me, um, this is something I'm struggling with right now um, through this, through this season specifically of COVID because I want to look to those who I would consider my spiritual leaders and advisors or whatever. And I'm definitely getting conflicting. I feel like um, stories on one hand, I, I am feeling a little bit of guilt of like not doing enough as a Christian and I need to be going outside and I need to be loving on people and I need to be doing things. But then on the flip side, I'm also getting like um, a little bit of grief and guilt about, well, if I do that, then I must not be loving the least of these as much as I should be. Because if I did, then I'd be staying at home and I wouldn't leave and I wouldn't do any of this. Yeah. And so it's just very conflicting. And yeah. so I'm struggling big time with this right now. But I, in that same season, I feel like I am looking to places that I didn't normally look to or I wouldn't in the past. Um, and for whatever reason, God is giving, leading me back to passages about love Loving like the child, loving like these children, mm-hmm. uh, which is unconditional, and um, yeah, yeah. And uh, for me, it's it's the teenagers in my life that are a little bit uh, like a typical teenager, <laughs> and um, fearless and looking for all the wonders in the world. Um, 
but also some specific teenagers, and I won't call them out because I think they're doing it because God's leading them to, not because they want want to win a popularity t- contest or anything. Yeah. Uh, but for instance, there was a group that got together today because God called them to yeah. down at Riverbend, and we're doing some worship music. I love it. I love yeah. watching them. I love seeing it. Um, and I believe that it's only from God. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think for me, it's it's interesting because it's coming in places that I never thought it was going to come yeah. from. It's not coming from the typical yeah. um, places that I had looked for before. So. And you're finding people that are doing a third way, right, of like not overwhelmed by the fear, not totally disregarding everybody or all the advice coming at us, but they're finding a third way to honor Jesus and love one another. I love that. Who else in here has something? Somebody come to mind. Um, I, I, I feel like I bring him up a lot, but just uh, Dr. King, you know, somebody who uh, he, I, I know I didn't know him personally. But I feel like he's friend, taught me a lot. Martin? Well, if so if you know anything about Enneagram numbers, he uh, was an Enneagram, we think, he was an Enneagram 8. It's a personality types, and there's nine different types. And so um, I'm an 8, and yeah. he's an 8. And so I look to him a lot for wisdom and how to run yeah. my life. Uh, the 8 is the challenger. And there's a lot of bigness and anger and argumentativeness and bossiness and... Uh, things are very black and white. Just it, it, you can be right with me, or you can be wrong. Whatever your opinion is, and um, I think he just set an example of someone who totally disagreed with the system, but did it so peacefully, lovingly. Wrote letters, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, went on marches, peaceful marches. Yeah. You know, I see so many protests right now with guys just with machine guns hanging off of themselves. And I'm just like, man, I just, uh, when I think about Dr. King and I go, man, you know, he would have never had, uh, you know, just these big giant assault rifles hanging off of him to protest. Um, And I just think that that's how you change the world is through uh, peace and love and not through violence or threat of violence. And so um, I just am reminded of that. And and so in my life, how that applies to me is, is um, I want to bring all the things that my the personality strengths that I have, I want to bring those, but I want to do it in a way that is healthy. And so he's kind of the example for me of yeah. of just like trying to do it peacefully and trying to do it with communication and trying to do it with love and respect yeah. uh, and loving neighbor. And I f- just feel like only Jesus can really teach me that ultimately. Um, so I know it's not somebody that I know personally, but that's just where my brain goes. I like it. I like it a lot. For me, um, I always have respect with teachers, yeah. but it's more now than ever. Yeah. <laughs> After right, um, thank you all the teachers, yeah. Matt Manera, my my husband. Um, yeah. I feel like uh, you know, because if they have at least thirty students in their classroom and and they take it all, whatever the kids, however the kids behave, whatever they say, and they form it and uh, to give it back in a way that the kids will grow, yeah. like you know, but um, I. I have more specific teachers in mind, um, which is uh, Andy. I've seen him start on his job, and, and, and the way he grew up, it's a very loving family, it's very non-confrontational. And then he went to work in where he's working, and, and all the kids are, are just those um, in a different 
situation the way he grew up and and i've seen them i've been there personally for to to do some six weeks um observation and i've seen it the way they interact with their teacher it's really lack of respect it's really lack of understanding about human love but i've seen andy interact in a way that he he make them understand that what i want from you is to for you to be successful you know i i understand you you've had wrong the way you were put on the family had but at the same time you know you had you you have a future if you choose to to change it and so i've seen him over and over again for years and it does hurt him when he get home it does um put a you know emotional burden on him but he goes back every single day do the same thing over and over again and so i thought that's a very use of words yeah, man, um, Andy really fights like Jesus, right? And <laughs> and the the crazy part about Andy is like these kids at this school use physical violence all the time to try to establish strength and don you know puff up. And and Andy is like a martial artist. Yeah. Like the dude could mess anybody up. Black belt in Aikido. But he never would because he fights like Jesus. Like yeah. he he yeah. uses love and compassion and calmness. Yeah. That's what I've learned from Andy too. Is just yeah. bringing in like calm to things because. Yeah. I don't normally do that. Um, yeah. Sorry, super quickly. Jelly says, "My sister Jobel, such a be- such a super mom, beautiful inside and out, and has the biggest heart." So there you go. I'm buying her plane ticket. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to give shout out to Aaron quickly. Uh, you know, being in a close space for long periods of time, there's times where I'm like getting amped up i'm getting irritated i'm getting frustrated and i want to fight and i like to fight when i get under stress and i'm like let's fight let's have an argument and she is not taking my bids to fight shutting it down which is crazy irritating to me when i want to fight but at the end of the day uh so much respect for her for not taking the bait and uh and just as the last couple few three months she's been really uh intentional about just Letting me sit there and stew in my own anger and That's fighting like Jesus, right? He did that all the time. Like now I'm cool, and I'm like ah. So thank you, Aaron, for that summary. With our head, what does Peter want us to know? What does he want us to understand? He says uh, that that when suffering comes, we can let Jesus add purpose to the pain rather than trying to avoid it, go around it. Going through it is often best. With our heart, what does he want us to experience? Uh, Peter reminds us that Jesus has healed us. And because we are healed, we don't have to play the games the world plays around pain, suffering, blame, justice, and injustice. We entrust ourselves to the just judge of the whole universe. And with our hands, what does he want us to do? He wants us to know that in following Jesus and his footsteps, we fight like Jesus. Because we've entrusted ourselves to the just judge, we don't have to return insults for in- insults and add revenge or deception. Uh, we can live like Jesus does. Jesus set us free so that we can follow in his example and footsteps. Would you pray with me as we move into a time of communion? Father, thank you again for this day. Thank you for this word. Thank you for your example on how to live. That even though it's so counterintuitive to the world around us, You have proven over and over again in our lives and in in your life uh, that it is the way of God, that it is the righteous way, that we can fight like you peacefully, lovingly, without engaging the ways of the world because you have healed us, because we are sheep that have once gone astray, returned to the guardian and shepherd of our souls. 
So would you continue that healing in us as each new problem arises, each time that we try to avoid the pain that comes, each time we try to go around it, each time, way, each time we try to uh, consume our way out of it or buy our way out of it or cope our way out of it, would you help us to go through it in a way that adds purpose to it, that brings us closer to you and closer to one another? Now, Father, as we come to this time of communion, would you take the elements that are in front of us in our homes or here in this church building, and would your presence be in them and in us so that we can commune with you, that it would be spiritual nourishment for our journey as we follow you in your footsteps. And Lord, we give you praise and we give you thanks. We say these things in Jesus' name. Amen.